So good to have, have you here today, and I'm blessed to be here with my wife. Tanya Jane, would you stand up and let everybody see you? 22 years of marriage, and uh, we have three children and a grandson. And so uh, we're very thankful about what God is doing in our lives and what he's doing in Midland, Texas. But, you know, it's, it's good to be around like-minded faith. It's good to be around people that are heading in the same direction you are. Amen? Have you ever been around somebody that's going the opposite direction than you are? Yeah. Woo! My Lord, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get anything done when you're going in the opposite direction as, as the people you're connected to. Today, I, I, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, what the things that the Lord has laid upon my heart for Lifehouse Fellowship, but I, I believe it transfers here to Tulia today, and I'm just so honored uh, to take this pulpit. If you would turn to Romans chapter 5 with me, uh, I want to get right into the message, and, um, and as you're turning to Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5, the, today's message is titled, It Will Not End This Way. It Will Not End This Way. 2016, for us, the Lord gave us a word that's going to be a sweet 16. Was, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Thanks, thanks, God, for this awesome word that you settled in my heart about what you've got planned for the future of not only in my life, but the, the church that we, that we pastor and the people in general that you've called us to live a sweet 16. And so how many of you know when, when the Lord gives you a word, it's going to be challenged? Okay? And so in that, it's been nothing but bitterness in 16. It's been like, holy moly. And so you know, so the word comes, and then there's going to be contention to the word in which the Lord gives you. And so you have to do one of two things. Believe his word. Huh? Believe the word of God. Or say, well, that was a bunch of baloney. I'm going to go do something different. Right? And so today, I want you to know, it will not end this way. And when the Lord sunk that down in my spirit, it, it, especially after this political situation and after all these things, I'm seeing, hey, Man, it is our time. God has primed us and put us in this position, and this body of Christ, where we're not going to go out of this earth broke. You know, I got a broke leg, and I got missing teeth, and a black eye, and everything. Lord, we're going to make it into the pearly gates of heaven. You know, that's not the way I see the body of Christ going out. We're going out the glorious church. So today I'd say it's not going to end this way. Wherever you may be in your finances, relationships, maybe your, your uh, stance with God, maybe you just feel like you're in a dry place, I'm here to tell you it's not going to end this way. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, this is our hope. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in, in hope of the glory of God. 
And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Oh, man. We glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. I love this next verse of scripture. Now, hope does not disappoint. Say that with me. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Father, today I pray in the name of Jesus that this word would sink into the, the depths of our spirit. And the Lord, that you, would, that you would arise in us, Lord, the, the hope of the calling which you have placed on the inside of each and every one of us. Today we love you and we are here to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. Speak through my lips. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We all said, amen. I want you to think about two things. I want you to think about two things. I want, I want to say two words. One, one word is event. The second word is process. Uh, many, many of us think about life according to events. Big events. Your birth. Well, you weren't. You were there, but you know, the, when you were born, that was a huge event. When I arrived and discovered America, it, it it was a big event. When you arrived, it was a big event. Um, when I graduated high school, man, my whole family was in Plainview, and and they said, "Yes, he finally did it. He graduated. That was a big." event maybe you got married that was a big event but how do you know there are also negative events that have taken place in our lives that have marked us as well maybe you showed up to your house one day and a guy served you divorce papers maybe you got a pink slip at work saying you lost your job Maybe you went to the doctor and you received a negative report. These are events. How many of y'all remember the JFK assassination? Um, I remember when Elvis died. I was a young guy. And I remember mom had the TV, you know, those clicker TVs back in the day. We watched, you know, the procession of Elvis being... To, uh, driven to his, uh, his, his rest. And some people would say, he didn't die, he's still alive. <laughs> How many of y'all remember the event of the space shuttle Challenger exploding? I remember, I was with you guys. Uh, how about 9-11? The event. You remember where you were at? And a lot of times, our lives are marked by events. And if we're not careful, we'll start thinking that life is shaped by events. So it kind of looks like us jumping from rock to rock, from place to place, from event to event. And here's where many in the body of Christ miss it. Is when a negative event happens, we have a tendency to try to create a positive event. To take place and replace a negative event. All right? Are y'all following along with me? 
So if we, so, so we say if I could have a positive event, it would fix the need to get out of the bad event. So something happens in our lives and we say, well, if this thing had not happened to me, if I had not gotten that news, if I had not learned about that event, if only I could have jumped to a happy event, it will be all right. So we begin to do things because we want to get out of this place. We want to get out of this negative event. So we start dating the wrong people. Uh, we, we, we take the wrong jobs. We, we move to the wrong city. We think a happy event will take us out of a negative place. And I don't think God is a God that works from events to events. Amen. God is a God of process. He's concerned about the dash in between the rocks. He's concerned about what happens in between from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. You see, God's priority is really about the process. Here's what the word process means out of the Webster's Dictionary. Series of actions, steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. A series of actions, a series of steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. See, God does, does a lot of shaping and molding in the process than he does in the event. So maybe the pursuit in our life should not be, if only I could get to this next great event if I can only graduate and get a degree, if I can, if I can only get married and solve everything, if I could have the perfect job, et cetera, and et cetera, and the life goes on. If I could only get through the week to get to the weekend, if I could only get through winter because vacation's coming. See, many of times we're thinking about the next event and God's saying, what, is, what are you going to allow me to do in your life in the process of getting you from glory to glory? It's about the process. Say that with me. It's about the process. It's about the process. It's about the process. We are all about the event but God's concerned about the process. Some of you may find yourself in difficult situations, but what God is doing in the process, what he's doing right now in you, is more important what he has for you. What he's doing in you is more important than what he has for you. And so many times we miss we miss the journey because we're looking for the event. We miss the journey because we're trying to get to the next big event. Amen. Really, today's message title, it's really, it's, it's really, uh, uh, it, it's not necessarily a promise it's more of a declaration. It's not going to end this way. 
Because God's doing something in me to get me to the next place. Really, I should put a disclaimer out there. It won't end this way only if you're willing to embrace the process. What is God doing in you right now? What is God doing in your family? What is God doing in your children? What is God doing in you at your job? What is God doing in you through your marriage? Well, I got married and I'm done. No, there's a process. Huh? There's a, it's a process. Just because I, I, we, we said I do doesn't mean I stop. And any time I get to a place I stop, then we end, right? <laughs> so God's concerned about the process. And uh, I, 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 uh, as I was thinking about this, I, I thought about what God did in the life of Gideon. If you think we're going to turn over to Judges chapters 7, but let me put it out there like this. In, in Judges chapter 6, you see the Midianites. The Bible says there's so many of them, they can't even count them. They're like a swarm of locusts. They can't even put a number to the camels. They can't even put a number to the people because there is just so many of them. And these, and these people were coming to uh, the land where the Israelites were at. And they were just wiping out their crops and wiping out everything that they had worked so hard for to get to. Get to and to provide for their family. How many of y'all have ever been there where you feel like you've worked so hard? you put a lot of effort into something and only to come to this place where... Where is it all at? It vanished. It's gone. And how many know you got to get to a place where you're fed up of being fed up? And so this is what's going on. For seven years this took place because the Israelites had come to this place where they had rejected God. They had built up false idols. And here they are. uh, uh, and, and, And it's time to get up out of this place of being run over by the enemy. And so God calls upon a man, a man by the name of Gideon. And the Bible says that Gideon is on the threshing floor. He's hiding, he's hiding his, his stuff. <laughs> and in the place of hiding his stuff, God shows up and said, Hey, Gideon, you mighty man of warrior, you mighty man of God, you're a good, you're a good guy. And Gideon's like, I don't think so. I'm hiding all my goods. Right? You see where I'm going with this? You see, many, many of us, we forget about the process. God begins to take him through a process. He says, oh, Gideon, I've called you a mighty man of God. I've called you a warrior. And hey, you're my man for this hour to take us to the next level. To bring us up out of bondage. To bring us up out of a, a pit. And so he begins to work on the inside of him. Oh, man. I want to encourage you today that no matter what it may look like in your life, whatever area you may have failed, 
God is raising each of you up for such a time as this. He is calling the body of Christ. He's calling you. He's calling me out even in our weakness. God is always looking at your potential. Amen. Hallelujah. Even when you can't see it, even when you can't see what God is trying to do, God sees the great in you. So he tells Gideon, mighty warrior, I've got a plan for you. And then God begins to lay out a process of deliverance. Amen. I want to say this. If you're taking notes, you want to write this one down. The process is your ticket out. The process is your ticket out. Man, what does that look like to you, the process? What, is it, what does it look like here uh, in, in, in this city? I know in my city, when the, when the oil busted, man, people scurried. We went from 160,000, 70,000 down to 130. So can you imagine... 40,000 people exodusy a city. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, it's, and through the region, it's more than that. <clears throat> and a lot of people had put their money or put their, their sight on the oil god. Making quick money, fast money. And whenever the, the bottom fell out, man, they were hurting. Housing prices jumped up to uh, over $180 to $210 a square foot for a home. My goodness. I'm like, how does a person survive in this? And so for me, it was like, Lord, you're going to have to work in me, sustain us, get us to a place with favor, and, and let us ride this thing out. The process. Financially for us, you know, God has sustained us right through. We sold, we sold a building in the, in the negative economy at the lowest point it was at, at the highest price we could have received for a building. You see, God is concerned about the process that he's doing in you. And it may look evil and harsh to the world, but for the believer... For the Christian, you're going to come out on the other side, complete, whole, entire, wanting nothing. That's the God we serve. Amen. He has a future and a hope for you. But you got to trust in him. you got to believe that he's working in you some things. The process. I've learned so much just being a pastor over the last seven years. You know, a lot of times they tell you uh, what to do, but really... It's what not to do. Don't do this and you'll succeed. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The process. And here God is doing this in Gideon. Gideon, I need to do some things in you. Because I got to get a process in you to deliver my people. And so the process begins in Judges chapter 7. If you'll turn over there with me. The process is your ticket out. Today, let's look at two things that God did in the story of Gideon that we can apply to our lives today 
as we move through God's process. Number one, God always gives us an invitation. Every one of you, he gives you an invitation to follow me, to take up my cross, to do it my way, to do it God's way. I I tell my people all the time, God's way, God's results. I want God's results. I want him to be responsible for me being obedient than than me being responsible for being disobedient. And so today, God gives every man an invitation. And so let's look at Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. And let's read 1 through 7. Then Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Ooh. That's, go ahead, just underline that. My own hand has saved me. How many of you know there's a lot of self-made men and women? But God wants God-made men and women. God-made men and women are about the process. Amen. Let's keep on reading. Verse 3. Now therefore proclaim in hearing of, of the people saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from the Mount of Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Say that's the part of the process. God, he does some narrowing down. It it may may look foolish in your eyes, but God's got a plan. He's about the process. Verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, the one who... The, the one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And, and whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, even everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By three hundred men who've lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. And let all the other people go, every man to his place. God is about the process. God is about the process. So God gives every one of us an invitation to embrace the process. He said, If you'll call unto me, I'll answer you. I'll show you great mighty things which you know not of. And he, he says when we call onto him and call out his name, he, he would not be silent concerning our prayer wherever we're at. And so we call, he always, he always hears us, but he always gives us a command. He always gives us a way of escape because that's who God is. So the invitation is today, are you going to hear his voice and obey? Obey what he told you to do. As he told Gideon here, Gideon went through the process. 
For some of you, have, you've had this thought. Well, God has given up on me. He's forgotten about me. And, and now you've begun to embrace this reality that, well, maybe this is my lot in life. Whatever you're going through. This is just what I've, I have to carry. And this is how the story is going to end. But just as God appeared to Gideon on the threshing floor, God has given you an invitation to receive his instruction today. God always gives us a way of escape. He always gives us another chance. If you think God is done with you, you can know this. He's not. He's not done on you. He's not done with you. You just need to receive his invitation. For some of you, God has already spoken, and he's waiting for you to just be obedient. He isn't giving you a new message. He's just wanting you to respond to the last message he gave you. Man, we can stop there and park on that one and roll down the windows and camp out right here on this one. You say, well, I want something new. God said, what's the last thing I told you to do? Have you done that? Have you done that? That's his invitation. That's his invitation. (laughs) For some of you, God has already spoken. He's waiting for you to be obedient. He's just waiting on you to respond to the message he gave you last week, last month, or last year. For others, God is speaking, but you're missing him because his invitation isn't in the right packaging. How many of you know, uh, you two know, probably would know this a little bit more than 22 years, okay? So you got when y'all got married, y'all sent out some invitations. Anybody, any newlyweds in the house? Okay, all right. So you'll understand where I'm going to go with this. The invitation a lot of times, you know, you get, you get the card. It says, you are hereby invited. And it's got all this fancy wording at 7 o'clock at the, you know, such and such. At the, you know, and, and then this, this card goes into an envelope with tissue paper. Okay, and then it's got this nice foil envelope, and it's pretty, and, and, it, and it goes into a, another envelope, huh? And then that envelope is sealed, and, and it says, to requesting the honor of your, you know, we, we want you to be there. This is your invitation to be at the wedding. And a lot of times... <laughs> When you go to the mailbox and you get those, you're like, ah. <laughs> right? I'll just show up. I don't need to see the invitation. We just, we already know word of mouth, right? We never really deeply, oh, another one, <laughs> right? Another card and another, to get to the invitation. I told, I told Tanya, I said, if we ever got married again, we're going to do Evites. <laughs> and so a lot of times the packaging that God gives us is not really what we want it to look like. The packaging in which the word of God comes sometimes is hard to embrace 
Because you have to dig a little deeper to get to the point. Make sense? So the invitation is this. God is speaking to you. And it's important that you yield to God's call so that you can receive your deliverance. You have a choice today just like Gideon did. And he could have stayed on the threshing floor and missed his moment of deliverance. But he took a step towards God. Amen. God said, everything you set your hand to do will prosper. He said, you're the head, not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. He said, a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. But it shall not come nigh you. Amen. See, you have to get engaged in the process. And I'm going to wrap this up in four minutes. Can you hear real good? (laughs) So there's an invitation. And a lot of times in the process... God is saying to you, if you'll just obey my word and look at the people around you, I'll I'll help you. So number two, he says, there's an invitation, but then there's imitation. You want to get through the process? You want to get to the other side? You see, the Bible says be imitators of God as, as dear children. God puts people in our lives. To help us get to the next level. To help us go from glory to glory. From strength to strength. From event to event. The process. Amen. And in that process, what you have to see is, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. But you can read it on your time. And and in Judges chapter 7, he rounds up these 300 men. 300 mighty men. And Gideon says this. Just... Do what I do. How many know we make the things of God so difficult sometimes? And it's really, it really is easy as just do what I do. Man, just do what I do. And Gideon told the 300 men, just do what I do. Can you imagine with me today? If there was a, a war going on and they come to take Tulia and, and, and so we, we as a church all rally around and Pastor Rusty hands you a trumpet and then he hands you a pot and said, we're going we're gonna to go fight. You would look at him like, are you crazy? Where's my AK-47? Where's, where's, where's my stuff? But this is what's going on. 300 mighty men, all they have to do is imitate what the leader's doing. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Gideon tells them, just do what I do. So he says, 150 of you go this way. 150 of you, y'all follow me. We're going to line the rim of this canyon. Just do what I do. Now let's flip a coin. Let's turn this on the other side. Can you imagine what those 300 men are thinking? Gideon. What are, you, what, what are you taking me to? You're taking me to my death with a trumpet and a pot. You see, God uses the simple things. Don't, don't make it so hard. It doesn't have to be. One of the things in my life I've come to come to really know and embrace is I feel like I've got a, a new lot in life my daughter 
she, she gave me a grandson. Was it the right time? But I tell you what, for our family, we just knew it's time to love. It's time to embrace her. And I'm a grandpa now. Oh, Papa. And I love it. And every time I walk out those doors at night, and I, like, I have a sidewalk and I look up in the stars. It seems like the stars are a little brighter. It seems like the air's a little cleaner because I trusted God in the process. See, Gideon said with these 300 mighty men, and as they had to trust their leader, that he's going to take them to their promised land and bring deliverance. And he says, upon my, upon my cue, do what I do. So Gideon begins to blow the trumpet. And then, and guess what? All 300 of them start blowing their trumpets. Can you imagine what that sounded like? 300 trumpets going off. And then they crash the pot. And the Bible says that the Midianites come running out of their tents and they turn their swords on one another. It's really what happens. All throughout this scripture and all throughout this story, you see God is about the process. Let me tell you today, it's about the process. So as you leave here, I say this. I'm going to leave you with two things. Number one, I want you to leave knowing that God always gives you an opportunity to obey his voice. And number two, he always gives you the ability to get to the other side. And it's as easy as imitating the leader that God has put in your life. Don't make it difficult. This man and woman of God have been tested through and through. And you can trust them today. You can trust the word. I know you're here because you do trust them. But you know what? The days ahead, the, the years ahead, boy, I see just great things with this church. Trust the leadership that God has put underneath you. And watch God bring victory in your life personally. Amen? Amen. Father, today, thank you. Thank you for being a good Lord to us. Thank you for this word. And we seal it. You always give us an opportunity to obey. And Lord, you're more concerned about the process than you are the event. And Lord, today we thank you for your working in us, your character, your working in us, your love, your peace, your joy, everything that you, that's of you, Lord, it's in us. And that's your working in us. And Lord, that you're getting us to our appointed destination. <laughs> Father God, and it's amazing. We love you today. We trust that your word is true.